Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. scheduled show from last night Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike how's the uh, I hope the weather is a little bit better out there today than it was uh, yesterday last night was not our night <laughs> no <laughs> yesterday was I, not our day at all I think that is uh, probably an, under, an understatement and it all started now first of all blog talk radio servers are located in New Jersey and uh, of course I'm located right here just looking at New Jersey basically. Right now I'm in the Harris Philadelphia booth and uh, across the Delaware River is New Jersey. And yesterday uh, we had to cancel after the sixth race. It was a complete washout. I mean, it rained about as hard as I have ever seen for about 15 to 20 minutes straight. And, uh, and there was uh, storms after that. There was lightning, although we didn't get too much of the lightning, but understand New Jersey got more of that than we did. And uh, so the blog talk server went down. Uh, it was down for most of the night last night. I actually probably got up sometime around midnight. And I noticed you sent me an email at, 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 at two in the morning, my invitation uh, to connect to the show. So uh, hopefully uh, things will be better today. And as a matter of fact, as I sit here and, and I'm talking to you, Mike, the sun is shining in Chester, Pennsylvania. So that's always a good thing. Well, listen, man, I had, I had to send you the email at 2 o'clock to make sure that you were going to be ready to go at 9.30. Because, listen, you know, I know we don't normally get up this early. So, oh, well, listen, you know, you make- uh, 
Grab yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. My good friend, uh, Tony Sharati, one of our listeners, is up, and uh, he's actually got a beer. He said, I'm up with a beer in the racing form and <laughs> in the Harris Philadelphia program. And actually, this is kind of perfect because our show will segue just uh, maybe about an hour and a half right before Post Time at Harris Philly. So, you know, you could grab the program and listen to us. And, uh, and we've got a good show. And by the way, special thanks to all of our guests because – uh, they were very, very kind enough to reschedule for it today. Kevin Decker, uh, the director of racetrack operations at the Meadows, we recorded that interview yesterday. We're going to play that in just a few moments. He's going to talk to us about the Adios. They have a big day of racing coming up on Saturday uh, with a post time of noon, so we'll break that down with Kevin Decker in just a few moments. But Sam McKee will be here, Nancy Johansson will be here, and uh, also Darren Gagne, the Track announcer at Running Aces had a chance to sit down and talk to one of my favorite drivers, Mike, uh, that I, when I watched when I was growing up, Dean McGee in the Chicagoland area. It was fun to watch Dean, and he's up there playing his craft at Running Aces. So we'll have that. And, uh, hey, a lot more on this makeup edition, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for those of you who like politics, you're going to want to definitely want to listen to the Sam McKee interview. <laughs> I won't give out much more than that, but uh, we're going to have some fun there. Well, Mike, uh, we got some new promotional uh, commercials from Bet America, and we're actually going to play those here this morning. Uh, Bet America has got two very good um, promotions coming up. They've got an inquiry promotion, which you'll hear uh, later on in the show about 7.45, or I say 7, listen to me, 7.45, I got to do the uh, time conversion in my head. And then they've also got a new player sign-up bonus, so we're really excited to partner with BetAmerica and be able to share these uh, new benefits with you, Mike, and BetAmerica's done a fantastic job, and uh, we are very glad that they were uh, so understanding last night. Certainly, and uh, we urge each and every one of you to check out their contest. They've got contests running all the time. Uh, they've got uh, all the racetracks. I mean, Greyhound Racing, uh, Harness Racing, Thoroughbred Racing, you could uh, wager there. Um, and, you know, an interesting uh, point, Mike, from uh, a guy that we know pretty well, Jeremy Day, made a very good comment on Twitter and said, Bet America has the best customer service of any ADW. And I'm going to tell you what, that's saying something. That is saying something. No, definitely. Um, when you talk about customer service and how huge it is. So hats off to Bet America. They're doing good things, and uh, we're going to hear from them. Real quick, Mike, before we get into that, before we get into that, and I know we've got a busy show, but uh, I do want to uh, uh, pass uh, some condolences from everybody here at Post Time with Mike and Mike to the families uh, of a couple of great horsemen that we lost this past week. George Berkner, uh, co-owner of Rock-Eyed Optimist, uh, campaign BG's Bunny, developed goalie Jeff, who was an, a Little Brown Jug winner, uh, passed away uh, in his mid-70s. I believe he was 74. So condolences to the Berkner family. Uh, and Joe Marsh Jr., another one of my favorite drivers going up. Mike uh, had almost 6,000 driving wins, $36 million in career earnings. The first American driver to win the World Driving Championship. And uh, him and his son, Ron, have both over 5,000 wins. Uh, so uh, condolences to the Berkner and Marsh families, Mike. Yeah, you know, it's weird because I'm looking at the USTA page now, and I see under the announcements there's three deaths there. And then, of course, we talked about Joe Marsh, um, Joe Marsh Jr. And so the USTA page is uh, full of condolences this morning to everybody who passed away this week. And, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely tragic. And, you know, there's really not much uh, 
unfortunately, not much else to say about those uh, those guys. You know, Joe Marsh Jr. was a fantastic horseman, and uh, yep. as you said, a co-owner of Rock-Eyed Optimist. All right, Mike, yep. we are going to take a quick, quick time out. When we come back, we've got Kevin Decker on deck. You've got this time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. All right, we're back here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Right now, we're joined by the Director of Racing at the Meadows, Kevin Decker. Kevin, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you. I'm glad to be with both of you today. Yeah, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, you guys have got a pretty big day coming up Saturday. It's the Delvin Miller Adios. And uh, not only that, Kevin, but we were just talking off the air. You guys have a great card from top to bottom. Uh, it's a fantastic card. Pretty much started right in the first race where you guys got, uh, of course, uh, the richest pacer foiled again uh, versus Lost for Words and uh, a couple of other nice horses in there. First of all, before we actually get into the races, tell us about what you guys got uh, planned for Radio's Day. Well, for Adios Day, this is a very special Adios for us. This is the 50th edition of the Delva Miller Adios. And, of course, uh, for those of you who are wondering, well, why is this race named Adios? Delva Miller was the owner of Adios, one of the foundation sires in our sport. And he wanted to find a way to honor his his great sire, uh, Adios, back in the 60s. So he came up with this race uh, for three-year-old Pacers at the Meadows, and it has grown every year since then. And we've had some of the greatest pacers in the sport visit the Meadows uh, during the summertime to uh, to try and win the Blanket of Orchids. And uh, for this year, uh, certainly a, a, an excellent group that we have uh, going post for this year. Uh, Racing Hills, the morning line favorite in the uh, 12th race. But you mentioned the uh, the fact that uh, we have a whole card of uh, great races. I, I think probably for those of you who are out there betting, this might be one of the most fun days to bet at the Meadows because we are offering four guaranteed pick bets uh, on races four through seven. We'll have a $7,500 uh, pick four guarantee. On races nine through 12, that's the Adios pick four. That's a $20,000 guaranteed pick four. When we get to the 12th race, which is the Adios, we're going to have a $7,500 pick three guaranteed pool. 
and then after the adios, just to keep your uh, your appetite wet for uh, for more pick betting, uh, starting in the 13th race, we'll have a ten thousand uh, dollar guaranteed pool for a pick five, and uh, it should be uh, it should be a great day of, uh, of playing if you're after your uh, your betting. Uh, and enjoying the card, uh, it's a great betting card that we've uh, we've put together. But uh, it's also a, a historic card for us at the Meadows. We're going to have the public officials coming out. Declarations are and proclamations will be uh, heard throughout the day. And uh, uh, if you're within uh, shouting distance of the Meadows over in Ohio or in West Virginia or throughout Pennsylvania, New York, and you can get down into uh, into see the races that day. We have a 12 o'clock post time, and really look forward to seeing. Uh, uh, a really big crowd come out on uh, on Saturday. We normally get between four to five thousand people at the track that day, and uh, there's not a better day of racing than uh, the Natty's Day at the Meadows. Yeah, and we certainly, you know, we talked about, uh, and we will talk about more extensively the actual race uh, coming up here in just a few moments. But you know, we talk about the. Uh, the great card underneath. Now, you personally, in your career, and you've been around the business, you know, for quite some time, as all of us have, and uh, you know, you, you obviously care about the business a, a whole lot. Talk about what it means to you as a director of operations over there at the Meadows and the director of racing to have a race, to have a card of this magnitude. You know, it means an awful lot. It, it, you, you look back on your career and you realize that uh, when you're working at the Meadows, you know, even though he's been gone for over 20 years, you're still working for Delvin in Delvin's memory, and you want him to, to be proud of the race card that you put together. Um, I was just a young uh, uh, young guy when uh, when Delvin passed in uh, in the 90s, just getting my career started. Uh, but I realized that he is... is uh, his uh, legacy continues on to this day in this this race, and we try and make it to such a very special day at the Meadows, and uh, it all still starts with uh, with Melvin Miller. Uh, as far as the as far as the race card goes, uh, much like uh, on the eastern part of the state where the PHHA is uh, so instrumental in in helping to put the the big races together. Uh, on the western side of the state, the Meadows Standard Bread Owners Association helped to kick some of the money into uh, the, to give us these great races uh, on Saturday to help boost the purses up somewhat. So uh, uh, a big thank you to them and for their support as well, because uh, without their support, we wouldn't be having a card like this. Kevin, we're going to nail you down. Race number 12, the Dalvin Millerati Adios is going for a purse of $400,000. Uh, obviously, we've had a chance to look over the race. Uh, it's a great race. I mean, Racing Hill has just been unbelievable. You know, uh, uh, he was uh, right there in the in the pace. I mean, just missing to control the moment. I mean, it was a nail-biting finish. Uh, Could have went either way right there. It was a, a, a bob of the noses. Uh, otherwise, has been pretty flawless, looked fantastic in the eliminations, has uh, eight other competitors. Can I... Can I ask you for a pick or anybody that you think that may come out in this race? Well, I think it's very obvious in here. A um, couple others, though, maybe to uh, to take a look at. Uh, Manhattan Beach had a perfect trip last week. 
But he's also a better horse than, uh, than what he showed in that elimination. He was able to, to, to sit in his uh, second elimination behind another daily copy and pounce away with a final quarter at 27-3. He really didn't get used all that much in that race. Um, a lot of the races, he's had traffic trouble. You know, you go back to the Meadowlands Pace Final, he was forced to go three, four wide, and he was closing willingly at the end of that race, final quarter of 26-3. and three. If he's a little closer to the pace, and I think he will be, I think he can give racing go uh, uh, quite a challenge. The other horse I think that you might want to take a look at besides uh, Racing Hill and Manhattan Beach is American Passport. His last effort was uh, was all out to get into the final. He made a break in the fight, in the uh, elimination. Uh, ended up with a fourth place finish in the elimination. That was after coming off of a qualifier that uh, that he had won. But uh, he's sort of been a star-crossed horse this year. He's very very fast, but he's also uh, very temperamental, if you will throwing breaks in where, where you don't expect them, and there's speed breaks that he's throwing in. So he's got the talent. If he puts it all together, it's very possible that he could help to challenge his stablemate, Racing Hill, in the final. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great race, and uh, I kind of agree with you on American Passport. I mean, you certainly look at that could be a price. I mean, if you're if you're uh, wagering for value out there, that could certainly be a price. I mean, 10 to 1 morning line, Scott Ciron has been on fire uh, wherever he's driven, so uh, that could certainly be a horse to look at. Kevin, before we let you go, we've talked about the Adios. Uh, we've touched on the card a little bit, but uh, what we haven't talked about is you personally. Can, can you give everybody a, a, a kind of a – uh, a little bit of a background on yourself and uh, how you got started in the industry. Sure, this was a summer job that never came to an end. I, I, I took the the job as a teller of all things back when I was going to Penn State in the uh, in the early nineties. Uh, got out of college and that's when full card simulcasting got passed and they needed some help in the office and I had a college degree so they said, "Hey, college boy, you want to help us out?" So uh, it just sort of sort of took off from there and I've been. Uh, very fortunate to do everything from uh, work as a simulcast director to uh, announce races. I've been I, I filled in for Roger Houston many uh, on many a night uh, at the Meadows. I've worked as a television analyst. Uh, I was fortunate to work for HRTV for uh, for a time as their harness analyst and uh, uh, done a little bit of everything. Been an assistant general manager and now the uh, director of racing at the Meadows. And uh, I absolutely love what I do and I love the people that I work. Work with it's uh, it's a great place to work and uh, I can I can honestly say every day when I get up for work I, I really enjoy it and uh, I love the sport. Kevin, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and we are looking forward to the big card coming up on Saturday at the Meadows. Mike, Mike, thank you very much, and uh, greatly appreciate you uh, making time for me today. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. 
Here are the highlights from the past week of racing action at Running Aces. On Saturday, July 23rd, the $12,000 Open Handicap Trot went postward, and it was a very sharp six-year-old gelding flame on by Angus Hall, picking up his eighth win of the year in just his 13th start, with driver Dean McGee in the bike, trotting in 156. Flame on is owned and trained by Mark Anderson. In the $6,000 Minnesota Sire three-year-old B-Pace, it was Syrax by Intrepid Sealster with Brian Deachin in the bike, posting another impressive win, lowering his lifetime mark to 154-3. In the $9,000 Class A split of Minnesota Sire three-year-old Pacers, Stucky Dope by Voracious Hanover with driver Jim Marino in the bike made it two in a row. He also lowered his lifetime best to 155. It was the ninth lifetime win in 13 career starts for Stucky Dope. In a $6,000 condition trotting event, the very sharp three-year-old filly My Little Susie by Claudius Augustus posted her 14th lifetime win and 11th of the season with trainer driver Steve Wiseman in the bike by just holding off last year's three-year-old Minnesota champion filly trotter Becky Badger Baby with Nick Rowland and a mile timed in 157 flat. It was a new lifetime mark for the winner My Little Susie. On Sunday, July 24th, the Minnesota Sire three-year-old trotters went to post for $15,000, and it was Almar Bonbon with Steve Wiseman in the sulky pulling a huge upset at more than 40 to 1, paying $82.40 to win. She was dismissed in the wagering despite having won 10 previous contests out of 18 lifetime starts, and she posted a lifetime mark of 159, shaving more than six seconds off of her previous best. The regular Sunday night featured $12,000 open handicap pace would see no upsets as last week's winner Dry Ice was very sharp once again, posting two in a row in the open pace with Steve Wiseman the sulking, 153 and 1. Then on Tuesday night, July 26, one of the most impressive performances on the card was a two-year-old pacing gelding by Rockin' Image by the name of Sergeant Papa Daddy with Steve Wiseman in the bike for Merlin Van Arlu, the owner, trainer and breeder. This horse made his first lifetime paramutual debut, and he won handily by seven lengths in 155 and two. It was an eye-opening performance. In the $9,000 Minnesota Sire three-year-old, two-year-old rather, Gelding's pace, it was Dewey Did Done Good, who continued to do very good things here at Running Aces. He posted his fourth win in a row, pacing in 157 and two with Dean McGee. In the $9,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old Philly Pace, it was What It Do Baby Boo, who strutted her stuff once again, posting her second win in her last three starts and pacing to a new lifetime arc of 159-3 with Steve Wiseman. Track record holder Silver Spur found his way back to the Aces winner's circle on Tuesday, posting a sharp gate-to-wire win in a conditioned pacing event 155-2 with trainer driver Dean McGee in the bike. Steve Wiseman had a big night on Tuesday with a grand slam on the card. He had four wins on Tuesday night. Darren Gagne here at Running Aces, and joining me today is a gentleman who has won over 4,500 races, over $28 million in purses in his career. He's been a regular among the top drivers here at Running Aces since the opening of the track. In fact, he was the leading driver back in both 2010 and 2011. It's Mr. Dean McGee. Welcome, Dean. Uh, thank you. Hi. Okay, now Dean is also very well known, well known throughout harness racing in the Midwest. He was one of the top drivers along with his brother Dave McGee on the Chicago harness racing circuit for many, many years from the late 1980s through the early 2000s. So Dean, take a minute and tell us a little bit about those good old days in Chicago when the McGee brothers were dominating the scene year after year. Um, uh, well, it was 
It was pretty nice. Um, Chicago used to go for quite a bit of money, and um, you know my brother really he dominated pretty well. I was happy to be in the top ten uh, with uh, the pretty talented group of drivers. Definitely a talented group of drivers, but uh, those were the good old days. Uh, Chicago racing was big then between Balmoral and Maywood, and a couple of stints back and forth at Hawthorne through the years there as well. But, uh, it, you know, harness racing really was big in, in Chicago in those days. It's unfortunate to see what's happened to it right now. Mm-hmm. We certainly can only hope for good things to, to come in the future for Illinois harness racing. Dean, um, tell us about your biggest moment uh, in your harness racing career. I would say that definitely would have to be uh, Yankee Cruiser winning the uh, North America Cup in Canada. Yeah, it was 2003. 2003 North America Cup, Yankee Cruiser. Guess what? Let's listen to the stretch call from Frank Salive of that particular race. In 121 flat, and they turn down the stretch in the richest ever Canadian harness race, the 20th Pepsi North America Cup, into the critical final eighth of the mile. All-American native, all-American theory. Here comes LeChance with Artesian on the outside. All-American native, Yankee Cruiser moving up. Dean McGee for the of Brian Pinsky, Yankee Cruiser, has won the 20th Pepsi North America Cup. It was close for the place, Artesian and All-American native. Oh, but what a moment for the state of Illinois and a poignant moment for the memory of Brian Pinsky as Yankee Cruiser has won the Pepsi North America Cup in its 149-3. What a moment. What a race call. It gives you chills down your spine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about the moment. Tell us about the whole deal with the horse Yankee Cruiser, um, the connection with Brian Pinsky, and, and the whole deal. Well, I guess, uh, you know, listening to that race, I mean, it, it just still gives me goosebumps just to even think about it. But uh, that's probably one of the most exciting race calls I've ever heard. Absolutely. It's a classic. The great Frank's leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, well, it was a horse. He was a horse that uh, Brian thought that I would get along with. You know, he was kind of an expert at uh, you know what drivers might go with certain colts and other all that kind of thing. And uh, as a two-year-old, he pretty much dominated everything. And we traveled all over the place with him and stuff. And he just was always the same horse showed up, you know, ready to race. It's great. And what a great moment, as Frank has said, a great moment for the state of Illinois. Dean McGee representing, representing uh, Illinois Racing there. And that was the richest harness race in Canadian history to that point, and, and what a mile, 49-3. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was, was a big moment. It was very exciting. All right, now let's talk about your current uh, racing at here at Running Aces. Uh, some of the horses you've been driving on a regular basis, uh, holding all the cards, top condition level, pacing, gelding. Uh, you had a win with him in the open already this meet. He's raced pretty good for you. Can you tell us a little bit about that horse? Um, well, he's a horse that I didn't really know a whole lot about. Uh, when he showed up here, um, he, I think, hadn't raced in almost a year. But his back lines showed that he raced in uh, a couple of big stake races out east in uh, Yonkers. And uh, I thought he might have just a little bit of class. And it turned out he sure did. Yeah, he when sure did. I think he peeled off three wins. Three in a row, uh, including uh, moving up into the open and winning in 52 flat in the open, so that was very right, good. Right. 
Now, you've got a couple of nice little states, youngsters, that you've been driving regularly that have racked up a couple of wins. One of them is the two-year-old pacing gelding, Dewey Did Done Good, who's looked very, very sharp so far. What can you tell us about that one? Um, he's... Uh He's kind of a, he's got a personality. Um, you go out there and he just kind of walks along and and never really gets too excited. You kind of gotta let him know there's a race going on. Right. And but once he once he gets his uh, mindset going. He can really peel it off, you know. He, he certainly has shown a lot of potential, and he's peeled off a couple of wins. Now you have a two-year-old filly uh, trotter, who has beat the boys up a couple of times with a couple of big wins uh, in, in two Minnesota Sire Stakes uh, races here. Silent Dreams. Can you tell us about her? Um, yeah, she's a, she's a filly. She's got uh, you know she's got her leg problems, and she's got really a, a foot that you know, constantly bothers her and stuff and so it's kinda you don't know from one week to the next week really which which horse is gonna show up. Usually if she stays at it and uh, you know is trotting at the start, she's usually gonna be right there. But well, she's been pretty good so far this year. Right. Now let's talk about your top trotter uh flame on. You peeled off uh, two or three wins in a row at the start of the meet in the opens was tough to beat and uh, you just picked up another open win the other night. Flame on was back in the winner's circle. It was his eighth win of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's a very fast horse. Um, he's a little quirky. Um, you kind of have to time your way into the gate. Um, I had one instance where I got to the gate a little too soon, and he literally ran off with me, and I had to pull him up because I wasn't going to be able to hold right. him. He'd still be out there running around the racetrack. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, these harness horses, they, they can be very quirky. You have a lot of things you have to figure out with them, but that's part of uh, the, the excitement of the game is trying to figure these horses out. When you mm-hmm. get them figured out and you, you get wins with them, it's, 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 it, it really makes it fun. That's, that's what right. we're all here for. Yes. Now, you've been coming to running aces for many years, pretty, pretty much since the beginning of the track. What are your favorite things about racing here every year? I think uh, absolutely is, uh, you know, seeing fans out uh, in front of the grandstands that are here, you know, they just seem to really We can't say enough about the great crowds that we get, right? Yeah, it's, uh, they're just... uh, They're cheering and yelling and screaming every race to the wire. They really appreciate the horses here and, uh, you know, maybe not so much for the gambling end of it, but boy, you see kids running around and there's people out in front of the grandstands again, it's really kind of a trip back in time. Cool. Yes, sir. It is great. Now, after the running aces meet now uh, these years, do you typically move to another track, or do you take the winners off and then start back in the spring, get ready for the running aces meet these? Typically, I would be going back to Chicago to race. Um, now, uh, But this this winter, I'm kind of thinking about taking a different route and maybe getting a couple of colts and uh, maybe get ready to get ready for uh, aces for next year. Coming up this week at Running Aces on Saturday night, the Minnesota Sired three-year-old Pacers A Division for a $10,200 purse will be headlined by Stucky Doe with Jim Marino looking for his third straight win. He'll have to deal with a couple of sharp horses, American Dancer with Luke Plano and Freedom Reigns with Tim Mayer, the Chief Challengers. The $6,800 B Division of the three-year-old Minnesota Sired Pacers will pit early favorite the gelding Syrax with Brian Deachin in the bike, fresh off his big 154 and 1 win last outing against two sharp fillies, Fancy Little Girl with Jim Marino and Look Again Ida with Rick McGee, plus three more challengers. 
The $12,000 Open Handicap Trot on Saturday night will go postward with track record holder Banker Volo and Nick Rowland trying to rebound off of his defeat last week. And last week's winner, Flame On, with Dean McGee, will be back in action, along with big expense, margin call, and four more contenders in the eight-horse battle for top trotting honors. On Sunday, we will host the three-year-old Minnesota Sire Trotters with two divisions going for $17,000 in total purses, featuring the return of the winning dollar in the A division and the early favorite Bombshell Betty in the B split. Also on Sunday, the $13,000 open handicap pays for horses and geldings will once again highlight the card with Dry Ice trying for three in a row, the return of Roland and Rock, plus I'm an Athlete holding all the cards, Better Me Boy, and there's four new shooters joining the nine-horse lineup. On Tuesday night, we will feature the $12,000 Mayor's Open Pace, and on Wednesday evening, we will once again play host to the Minnesota Sire two-year-old trotters going for $15,000. Now racing four nights a week here at Running Aces, live racing on Saturdays and Sundays, 6 p.m. Central post time, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the first post is at 7 p.m. Central. Don't forget the 50-cent late pick four on Tuesday night at Running Aces remains guaranteed at $5,000. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, we're joined right now by Nancy Johansson. And Nancy, I guess the first question we've got for you is: uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Darlin on the beach and uh, her health and how she's doing. Um, she's doing much better. Um, it was just kind of a random freak thing when she AFibbed at uh, Pocono. She, uh, she qualified back in fifty and three at the Meadowlands and was probably, you know, one of the best qualifiers of races that she's done all year, you know, just two weeks after that. And then she raced at the Meadows uh, last Saturday. And unfortunately, she got a little jammed up in the last turn and she bobbled a little bit, but uh, she came back and finished second just uh, with an amazing last eighth in that in that mile. So I think her health and everything is um, up to par and she's going to race next Saturday on Hambo Day at the Meadowlands. That's terrific. Nancy, Mike Bozich here, and uh, obviously this is a, a terrific horse, a horse with all the ability in the world. Give us a backstory about this horse. Tell us a little bit about her. Um, I mean, obviously she comes from one of the greatest maternal families in the business. Her mom is Darlin's delight. So uh, she was born and raised here at White Birch Farm, where I actually train. And uh, Mike Parisi asked me to train her as a yearling. Um, that was following the year when we had had the horse of the year, JK, she's a lady. So uh, we had, we got Darlin that fall and, you know, she's just a pleasure to be around. She's enormously, uh, enormously fast and, you know, she has a good mindset to it. And 
from this uh, from last year to this year, she's done quite a bit of maturing, and I think we still have we're still to see the best of her. I think. Now, Nancy, it's funny you mentioned J.K. She's a lady who is the horse of the year at two. Talk to us a little bit about uh, J.K. She's a lady and uh, how she's enjoying life right now. Well, uh, she's in full to Western Ideal. She's actually out at Hanover Shoe Farm. Um, as far as I can tell, she's she's enjoying retirement. Uh, Dr. Jabosky has sent me some photographs and stuff of her, and she seems to be really happy out there. And she's uh, due to full next year on January 17th. So, obviously, we look forward to to that and hopefully you know her foals can continue what she did on the racetrack visiting with nancy johansson now nancy let's talk a little bit about yourself and obviously uh talk about pedigree you come from a terrific pedigree of course being the daughter of uh, the hall of famer the great one jimmy tactor talk about yourself uh and uh how you kind of grew up and what exactly uh some of the things that you've learned from your father um well i mean when i was a child i went pretty much everywhere with my dad. There are probably not many people that have traveled as many miles in a car with, with my dad as I have. So, you know, every Saturday I he'd wake me up in the morning and take me to the barn with him and we'd go to baby races at the Meadowlands or, you know, I used to help train. I think I trained as a pacer in 2-5 when I was just nine years old or something like that. So, I mean, he always trusted in me and I think he, he realized that um, I had a little bit of horse horse feeling to me so you know he kind of encouraged it but at the same time he never pushed anything upon me um I'm the oldest of four kids and I'm the only one that does anything with the horses so um you know I I I learned a lot obviously from him I always say that that was my I have a PhD in horse training because I went to Tactor University so um I mean obviously I learned a lot most importantly I learned work ethic um I think you you'd be very hard pressed to find anybody in this business that has harder work ethic than he does. So I think that's probably the most important thing that he's instilled in me. Now, Nancy, uh, one horse that I kind of, uh, I was going through, you know, some of your horses that have been racing this year and one horse that uh, kind of jumped out off the page at me was Dominion beach, a three-year-old uh, colt that you have who uh, raced really well in the Tompkin gears uh, was a winner in one fifty four and two uh, final quarter of 27 and three, and then looked sharp in the Stanley dancer. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, Dominion beach a little bit. Um, Dominion Beach is a very fast horse. He's a little quirky, but he's fast. When he minds his business, he's always right there. Um, I was very happy with how he raced in the Stanley Dancer. Um, he, he had a tough tough first half in that race. They went 55 to the half, and then with the added distance, I thought he hang, hang, hung on very well. Um, his next start is going to be in the Hamiltonian next Saturday. So he uh, trained on um, – Wednesday and trained absolutely beautifully so I think you should be all all set to go let's uh take a look uh further ahead in 2016 Nancy uh obviously you've got a great stable of horses uh who uh who else should we look out for in the uh Nancy Johansson stable come 2016 um you know I think we have a nice group of babies we've actually kind of taken our time a little bit more with the babies this year than what we usually do um they just go so fast you know, so early now, the two-year-olds that I figured if we limited their starts a little bit more, um, more of them would probably come back a little bit better at three. Um, I have a nice pacing colt that's actually racing tonight at Tioga. Unfortunately, he doesn't draw very well. His name's very special agent. I think he's had the six, the nine, and tonight he's got the seven hole, but he has a lot of ability. I like him a lot. And, 
you know, there's a couple of nice trotting fillies in there. We have um, Southland Avanti. She's racing tonight in the Jim Dorothy. Uh, her last line is a little bit unimpressive, but um, her she actually got a flat tire when she cleared to the front last time in the New, York, New Jersey Sire Stakes final. And she, I mean, she tried on 55 in a piece with the tire that didn't turn at all. So um, I think that, you know, she has some ability and she should be right there tonight too, hopefully. So hopefully she'll make it to the final and we'll have three going on Hambo Day. Now, Nancy, you've had a lot of great horses. You've won a lot of great stakes races. What is one race that Nancy Johansson or Johansson wants to win? Um, I mean, obviously you want to win a Hambletonian. Everybody wants to win a Hambletonian or a Little Brown Jug or something like that. Um, when she's a lady, won the Breeders' Crown. That was also a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I would actually like to win the Metro Pace. I think that that's a you know a good race to to obviously be in and to win. Uh, we were second with what Western Vintage a couple years back, and you know once you've gotten a second you kind of want to win so um you know any of those stakes any of the grand circuit stakes i mean it's always fun to win out in lexington and even you know like short-sightedly i would like to win with darlin on the beach on hambletonian day because i think that she could really put in a good performance on that day in the shady daisy so i mean any grand circuit race i'm not going to be a beggars can't be choosers right so we'll take anyone that we can get you know, a lot of times, Nancy, being a horsewoman or a horseman could be a thankless job because you put in many, many, many hours uh, getting up at uh, 4 or 5 in the morning, racing all the way till night, going to bed at 12, 1, 2 in the morning, doing it all again. Well, in 2014, uh, you were recognized uh, the Ushua Rising Star Award winner. What did that mean to you to win that award? I mean, obviously, it was um, it's an honor to get any award when anybody recognizes that you've gone maybe beyond your peers in some sort of way. Um, there's a lot of people behind me in, in getting that award. I mean, my staff did an excellent job that year. I mean, I can't do everything myself. So, I mean, I have a lot of gratitude towards them. But there aren't very many women that get that award. So I've, I'm thankful to the Ushua that they actually recognized a woman in getting the award as well. So, um, it was, it, you know, obviously it's, like I said, I have a lot of gratitude towards everybody in receiving that award award. Yeah. And you mentioned teamwork and, you know, one of the things that, uh, we want to do here on post time with Mike and Mike is, you know, try to, uh, try to give some credit to a lot of the unsung heroes, a lot of the, uh, you know, the people that the, the grooms and so forth that, that take care of these horses uh, on a more intimate day in day out basis. Uh, who are some of the people? Let's give some props to some of the people that uh, that work for you to make it happen. Um, well, first of all, my husband, Marcus, I mean, yep. he's he's the backbone to our barn. You know, if a shoe gets lost and needs to be put on, he's the one that puts it on or. You know, if I need a driver, he steps in and drives. He's actually driving south of Avanti tonight. And, you know, he's obviously my most important important person in the barn. And then, you know, all my staff is very important. Lena Johansson, she took care of She's a Lady. She's been with me from the beginning. Um, you know, Raymond Morris, who takes care of some of my pacing fillies for me and does a great job. Diana Kramer, she takes care of Dominion Beach. And, you know, everybody works together and does a really good job. So, um, you know, I'm thankful for everybody that they show up every morning and they deal with, you know, trainers aren't always easy to deal with, but they get through it. And, you know, we, I think we do a good job together. Nancy Johansson, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you stable in 2016. All right. Thank you very much.
All right, that was Nancy Johansson. Certainly, uh, special thanks. Uh, we obviously with everybody else, we had her scheduled on the show last night, Mike, and uh, yeah, the uh, server got washed away floating in the Delaware River somewhere, so they had to get a new <laughs> one, and uh, and now uh, we're back full steam. But special thanks to the guests, Nancy and Sam, and everybody for uh, either recording or rescheduling. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, hey. Uh, you know, Nancy's got some great horses, and uh, she said she's got one racing at Tioga tonight. So sometimes it's profitable to listen to this show, Mike. It is. If you listen to the Running Aces segment, I think it was two or three weeks ago, uh, Steve Wiseman provided a couple uh, uh, big favorite, or excuse me, big horses that won. But it, it's great to hear that Darlin' on the Beach is back and better after a uh, minor heart issue. Uh, I was really concerned uh, when she was pulled up um, at Pocono, and I'm glad that uh, – uh, Nancy and the veterinarian team was able to get Darlin on the beach back, and it'll be great to see her on Hamiltonian Day. Certainly will. Well, we've, uh, we're behind on commercials, Mike, so let's play a little bit of a, a game of catch-up. I think we've got the Maryland Minute on deck, uh, plus a couple of other sponsors that we have to take care of. Special thanks to them, by the way, because if it weren't for them, we certainly wouldn't be sitting here. And on the backside of that commercial break, we've got the one, the only, Sam McKee. On this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, the makeup edition presented by Bet America. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand in hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Check out Horses Healing Maryland's Military Riding Showcase, a Horseland special event on Friday, September 2nd in the Horse Show Ring at the Maryland State Fair. The HHMM, which is a new coalition of licensed Maryland stables offering therapeutic programs to veterans and their families, Military Riding Showcase will feature a military tribute, the U.S. Army Caisson Platoon, 3D Infantry Regiment with an Old Guard History Presentation, the Maryland National Capitol Park Police Mounted Unit, the Freedom Hills Therapeutic Riding Program, Veterans Drill Team, Star Equestrian Center Veterans Drill Team, and much, much more. For more information, visit www.MarylandStateFair.com. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. 
at The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Money on the inside of second. Blue for greatness racing in third. They're heading down to the line, and it's Rubio, and Rubio is going to trump this field, and he wins it by three from International Money. Side three wide is Can Art, then at the rail is ER Sister. Moving four wide now is McNichols, McDimes, Pantsuit, Hillary feeling the burn tonight. Rubio is going to trump this field, and he wins it by three from Pantsuit, Hillary feeling the burn tonight. Welcome back to the political edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. And Sam, we, me, and you got to laugh two nights back to back last week with uh, Rubio and uh, uh, Pantsuit Hillary. Yeah, you guys have way too much time on your hands. That's for sure. <laughs> that would be great for a November show too. I actually blew the call with with uh, Rubio trumping the field because I should have added right when he hit the finish, and he's on cruise control, and that would have really made it. But I plan to use that on the tee-up tonight because the horse is racing again, and I'm doing TV work. So, And, you know, in, in horse racing, you can say something about three times, and finally somebody says, what did he just say? <laughs> you know, Sam, I had a chance. There was a horse racing yesterday at Harris, Philadelphia, by the name of Hillary's Bid. And the horse was 20 to one morning line, 15 to one on the board. So I'm thinking that, you know, this horse really isn't going to do much. And I had the perfect line and the perfect line was Hillary. Uh, Hillary has been deleted, but the horse raced very, very well, actually got the lead, sat in the pocket and then only finished the length off. So the only thing I could muster, and it wasn't good enough to make this clip that, that, that we just did, but the only thing I could muster was Hillary will have to come up huge today. So it, oh, it didn't, not, it, it didn't make bad. the cut, I, though. Well, you're, that's pretty creative, Mike, because I thought it would be Hillary's Biden her time, but obviously <laughs> you know, yours was better. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did well, you guys know, I hate, I hate to sidetrack, but did you know Bruce Saunders, the trainer, was once his, – his ex-wife was Joe Biden's sister? Really? What? Yeah, Whoa. and 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 I have asked him a couple times about Joe Biden. He says really good guy. That he's an excellent golfer, very competitive golfer, and everything. So he's never known him take a, a drink of alcohol, and just a really good guy. So spoke very highly of Joe Biden. Yeah, you know I've I've heard uh, a lot of good things about Joe, and of course when he lost his son and all the tragedy he's been through in in oh, his life yeah. is uh, you know just terrible. But uh, well, listen, we got Hillary out of town now. She had her speech yesterday, so the roads are clear once again, even after the torrential rainfall yesterday that canceled us after the sixth. But you guys have got uh, a couple of big nights coming up. Uh, of course, this Saturday, next Saturday is going to be super huge. Hamiltonian with all the stakes, the Cashman, the U.S. Pacing Championship. Uh, first things first, uh, this Saturday, what can we look forward to at the Meadowlands? 
Well, actually, tonight we've got the eliminations for the Jim Doherty Memorial for the two-year-old trotting fillies and the Peter Houghton for the uh, two-year-old pacing colts, two eliminations for each to set the fields for those races on Hambo Day. And tomorrow night we have the Hamiltonian Oaks eliminations with two limbs, plus the Reynolds Memorial for the three-year-old trotting colts. Southwind Frank is racing. Of course, he's the Hamiltonian favorite. Starts in the trailing position in a second tier from post 11. And the word on the street is that he's looking for a really good effort. They changed his bright all around, made him a little more aggressive. And I look for him to put on a, a good show tomorrow night. Now, Sam, that field is actually uh, a very competitive field. It's uh, the Reynolds field. It's going with a field of 11. Uh, Cuffling Canover is another horse that is kind of, you know, kind of been hit or miss as of late in that field. And, you know, it, it just looks like a strong competitive uh, competitive field. The Hamiltonian Oaks eliminations uh, are also tomorrow night. Talk to us a little bit about those and uh, somebody you might uh, that maybe jumps off the page at you. Well, the sixth race is the first elimination, Michael, and Caprice Hill comes back from Ontario for Tony Alanya, and she's been really good up there. And the only horse that's beaten her is Flowers and Songs, who won the Zweig Philly Trot at Vernon on uh, Sunday night. And Caprice Hill drew post five, Flowers and Songs post ten as they renew their rivalry. And I think they're probably the uh, the best two in that first elimination. In the second elimination, I'm a huge fan of Broadway, Donna. And Mike Bozich has seen her race at, in Pennsylvania, and she's just a killer. When it comes crunch time, she really digs in. All the time, the Breeders' Crown winner from last year has a lot of ability. But a couple of times, she's gotten a little steppy late in the mile. It's cost her a win at one point. And uh, she has trotted through it and won another point. So Jimmy Tactor said she's had some issues with her back. If she's uh, 100%, which you would think she will be coming into the Hamiltonian Oaks, I think it's between those two and there. Kind of chalky, but that's the way it looks to me. Yeah, it was an amazing value, in my opinion, on Broadway Donna last time out. I mean, here she lost to uh, Woman's Will, was 20 cents on the dollar uh, back on the 30th, and uh, Woman's Will had the perfect trip. Broadway Donna just got nosed out in 54 and 3, and uh, she's been a pretty steady favorite up until that point. And then uh, in the uh, in in the uh, the last race at the Meadowlands, ends up going off at 2-1, to one, uh, which, in my opinion, was super value. So this time, 8-5, to five, I don't know, with all the time, do, do you uh, expect us to get any value here? No, I don't think you get any value whatsoever. I think there'll be one, two, and I think Broadway Donna is probably just a touch better than all the time, but you know, in the in the elimination races, it's great to win to give you a little bit of post protection because the winners draw for post one through six. But the object is to save a little horse for next week too. So I don't think either either guy is going to totally gut their horse to win. I think you'll see kind of a sedate pace, and they'll do some pretty good trotting in the last three eighths. And um, Broadway Don, I'm just a huge fan of her, and just for a sentimental pick, I'll give her the slight edge. Now, Sam, talk to us a little bit about the first race, how the uh, GSY. Amateur uh, came along. Uh, it's a great race. It looks like it's set up well, except for the fact that Dave Miller drew the rail. But uh, how, how, uh, how, how, does this, uh, how does this race sort of set up, and uh, how did this race come along? Well, the, the GSY Amateur Series has been pretty popular all, all uh, winter and spring here at the Meadowlands. It gives the amateur guys a chance to race. And, you know, it's the cool thing about harness racing is guys like us can get out there and drive if we if we do some practicing and do some training. And I actually had a provisional license at one point, and there's no bigger thrill in the world than driving a horse and getting in behind the gate in a race. And it gives the guys a chance to race. But there's such a huge drop-off between guys that are professionals and drive – 
you know, 60 times a week compared to guys that drive six times a year, the pros are going to smoke them tonight. I mean, these guys, <laughs> you know, it, it, if they just if they just don't get run into, I would think it's probably going to be a sweep of the top three places for the professional drivers. Although Dave Miller, when he came back this winter at Pompano, he drove in a pro-am race there and actually went inside the pylon. And I texted him. I said, hey, you got to watch for those pylons. All right, he says, those darn amateurs pushed me right down in there. So who knows? <laughs> Well, listen. Let me put it, let me put a dollar exacto box on a one eight nine, and that'll take care of that. The amateurs will have a field day if I make that uh, dollar exacto box one eight nine. Believe me. But uh, fast forwarding a little bit, Sam, uh, and kind of looking forward to next week. Um, Want to talk a little bit about Southwind Frank? I mean, obviously he's uh, going to be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the whole ball of wax in the Hamiltonian coming up on Saturday night. He's in race five. We'll have to start from post position number 11, which is a second tier. Do you uh, see that, foresee that being a problem at all? Not at all. Uh, in my mind, the Reynolds, there's some good Colts in there, some very good Colts, but Southwind Frank just stands out. He's head and shoulders above everybody. They didn't want to go in the Zweig and have two weeks off before the Hambo, wanted to race him this week. Plus, he can follow out whoever he wants, Mike, in the second tier because he's the only trailer. His stable mate is number two, Southwind Flash, also trained by the Bergs, Tim Tietrich driving. I'm sure that Southwind Flash is going to get away decent. Southwind Frank is going to follow him and just stay out of trouble. And when the dust settles, he's moving to the lead. And I think they're going to go for a big mile to get him tight for next week. And, and it's, it's kind of a catch-22 with Southwind Frank. From what I see in the announcer's booth, He's been winning easily, and they haven't even squeezed the lemon dry. I mean, his sire stakes win was a jagola. His win of the dancer was, was um, you know, no problem at all. But Ronnie Burke's not happy. So he doesn't seem to have the kick that we normally see and got to make him a little more aggressive, making some bridle changes. But even if he's not at his best, he's been winning for fun. If they get him tuned up, I, I don't see anybody that can beat him this Saturday. Marion Marauder is an improving colt. He's come a long way, showed speed in his uh, dancer division last time out. I think he's probably the main threat along with bar hopping going into the Hamiltonian. But to me, Southland Frank is the horse to beat. He's going to be a short price favorite. Now, Sam, talk to us a little bit about Hamiltonian Day. You guys have a lot of great promotions going on, and uh, it's a big, big, obviously, closing day until the fall. But talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the happenings on Hamiltonian Day uh, coming up next Saturday. Well, the Hamiltonian is like a party at the Meadowlands, and Bozich knows that. We saw him bebopping around there last year. It looked like he was having a heck of a time, by the way. Yes, hey, but, listen, I got, I'm my, not, I, not I got my in, program signed by you, too. I got my I still I'm have not going into. I'm not going into any detail. Well, yeah, you came up and thought I was Ken Warkenton. That's why you had me sign that well, program. Well, you okay. <laughs> and, and by the way, Sam, I appreciate you only charging me 20 bucks for that. I appreciate that. That was quite a deal. After the my picks on Hambo Day, I needed the 20 about the 14th race. But uh, the gates open at 10 a.m., and we see a lot of people tailgating and coming into the park. We have live music down there. The hat giveaway is always big. i tell you what I'm looking forward to. Our celebrity trophy presented this year is NASCAR driver Martin Truex Jr., who's one of the top drivers on the Sprint Cup circuit, won the Coca-Cola 600, got nosed out in the Daytona 500. We're going to have one of his show cars there, the number 78 Furniture Row Bass Pro Shops Toyota, and I'm a huge NASCAR fan, really looking forward to having him on hand and meeting him. And we've gotten a lot of social media uh, coverage with that. Uh, Ashley Tietrich put together a, a Meadowlands Clash Hambo 
uh, tweet with Martin Truex and Tim Tetrick side by side and went ahead and entered the contest. And NASCAR World retweeted it to 4 million followers. So we're getting a lot of social media buzz about that. I think that'll be cool. We've got the car giveaway. You could win a um, uh, uh, Scion FRS. We've got a hat contest. And the racing is just phenomenal, as you guys know. Live national television on CBS Sportsnet from 4 to 5.30. And U.S. Pacing Championship, always be Mickey. If the conditions are right, who knows? We might we might see a new world record. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. Uh, certainly a, a can't-miss event, uh, and I'll be there. Uh, Moira Fanning's putting me to work uh, doing something or another, so I will certainly be there, and I will have you sign my 2016 <laughs> Hamiltonian program, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully you'll cut me a little bit of a better deal than you did last year. But, no, certainly it's it's a great day, and you guys do a hell of a job putting all that together. It's it's quite an event. So anybody that's within earshot, you, you have to be there. It's just a can't-miss day. And once again, what time's uh, post time, uh, Sam? Post time is 12 noon for the uh, 16 race card. And the way it looks right now, we won't know for sure the race layout till we take entries Monday because there's eliminations and a final for the Hambo. If there's three eliminations for the Hamiltonian, which is a possibility, we're going to start off the card with the Peter Houghton. It'll be practically an all-stakes card. I think we'll only have two overnights on the card. If there's two limbs, we'll have uh, 13 stakes and three overnights, which will be high class. And it's going to be a great betting day, and we're really looking forward to it. All right, Sam. Well, we certainly appreciate it. We uh, also appreciate your rescheduling. I know we had some issues yesterday and uh, with the, the rain and and all that, and I think their servers at Blog Talk Radio got uh, washed away, but uh, they got new ones, and we're back up and running. Listen, Sam, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next Saturday. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Mike, and thanks, Michael, and uh, you guys do a heck of a job. Keep up the good work. Appreciate that, my friend. All right, that was Sam McKee. (laughs) Listen, we're going to talk over each other, apparently. That's that's the way we do things. That's the kind of week we've had, isn't it, Mike? Hey, listen. We're not in too bad a shape for the shape that we're in. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Well, Mike, uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, for those of you who missed the intro um, to Sam McKee, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's not often as a race caller you get to kind of plan what you want to say um, about certain horses. And you know, when Rubio uh, won on, um, when Rubio won, I think it was last Friday. I, I was telling people, I said, you know, the next time I see Pantsuit Hillary, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I use the field of burn line. <laughs> and sure enough, the very next night, I hadn't even looked at the program. Next night I see the program and I go, oh my gosh, Pantsuit Hillary's here. I got to text Sam McKee and uh, Mikey did a hell of a job putting that together. Yeah. Well, listen, whenever, you know, as an announcer, we, we always look for softballs. We always look for ones that are easy to hit out of the park. And uh, whenever you get those and, uh, you know, it could make some fun out of it. Uh, you know, that's uh, certainly a good thing. I mean, we're all not Larry Letterman. I mean, Larry doesn't need any softballs. He makes, uh, you know, he could make a chicken soup out of chicken, you know what, And uh, but all of us aren't Larry Letterman, so we kind of have to wait for our opportunities, Mike, and, uh, you know, certainly uh, you got one there, and I thought I had one yesterday, but uh, Hillary's been actually raced a lot better than I thought uh, she would, and I had that line all prepared, but that just kind of, uh, that kind of washed, that kind of washed down the river with the servers, Mike. <laughs> Listen, I think she'll race better in the election. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Hey, it was. You know what? I, I I don't really like to talk about politics on the air, but it was a it was a pretty good speech. I do have to give her a little credit, and uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to highlight some of the stakes action at the Meadows and at the Meadowlands. We're going to do our uh, – Mike, I don't even know what the, what the word I'm looking for is. We get we get through these races pretty quick, and uh, we kind of fire off one another and uh, hang on, strap in, hold on tight. It's going to be a fun time. We'll be right back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners... The driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. To this rescheduled edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're ready to. I, I, Mike, I figured out what I was going to say. We're going to go around the horn 
with there uh, you are <laughs> you, know, you, you know sometimes it just comes to you we're going to go around the horn with uh, the card at the meadows and the meadowlands and we're going to start with the opener at the meadows it's the preferred handicap pace for twenty thousand dollars and it features the richest horse of all time foiled again 7.4 million dollars he's won two straight races including one at the meadows uh, last time out by two and three quarter lengths you've got mel mera who is uh, no slouch and speaking of mel mera Mike, um, I got to tell you, Southwind Amazon <laughs> raced at Northfield Park the other night and went in 150 and two. If you look at Mel Mara's last line, Southwind Amazon finishing third in that race. You got Lost for Words, who is uh, not really been a slouch, but has been kind of an open ranks horse uh, this year after finishing second, just barely to wiggle a jigglet. So Boiled again is uh, is in some tough company, but uh, you know it, it looks like a, a very competitive field. Yeah, you certainly have some great names in there. You talked about Lost for Words. Dapper Dude's right under that $1 million mark, so don't forget him. Of course, the $7 million uh, gem foiled again. And uh, Mel Mara, who just looked outstanding here at Harris, Philadelphia, last start, 48-4. and four. I'm going to tell you right now, if Mel Mara brings – uh, to the table, what he brought last week uh, to that first race at the Meadows, it's lights out. Uh, Melmera probably, maybe, don't know for sure, uh, may be uh, involved in Hambo Day. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, Melmera is uh, my pick in there. I think he was just outstanding. 48 and four under wraps, plenty left in the tank. 27 and one. Uh, last quarter, that was with uh, Trace Tietrich in the bike. Corey's back in the bike, and I think Seven Melmera puts on a show. Although, it's good to see Foiled again get back in the winner's circle, Mike. Two straight. Both wins were pretty nice. And uh, lost for words, too. I mean, after that terrific, uh, memorable Little Brown Junk performance has uh, won a couple of straights. So, hey, it should, uh, you know, got some good names in there, but I think Melmera is definitely the one to beat. Definitely. Well, race three is the Arden Downs. It's the first division, $28,409 that it features. Gliding through Paradise, who is coming off of a uh, a strong second-place effort. Yannick Jingra drove last time out, but Brian Zent picks the drive back up. And for those of you who don't know Brian Zent, he's a normal, regular Meadows driver. And he really got along with this horse at the Meadows two starts back Um against non-winners company came from off the pace in that race but mike this horse has the speed in my opinion and there's really not much speed in the race and i think uh gliding through paradise is going to be a, a, a catch me if you can type of horse that was a pretty good mile last time right here at harris philly for those three-year-old philly trotters and uh she raced second to skizix who uh is uh actually turned out to be a pretty nice horse so gliding through paradise certainly has an opportunity a horse that i kind of like though is hot curry this is a horse that won three starts back uh i thought was very impressive in pennsylvania sire stakes action her last two were kind of iffy uh yannick shingra's back in the bike here for trainer ron burke so if three hot curry can refine her form i think she's got a pretty good chance at a price. Arden Downs Trotters highlight the sixth race. It kicks off the 50-cent pick three at the Meadows. And Tron Smedshammer sends in Tyson, who was a winner at Harris, Philadelphia, last time out after being scratched at Tioga Downs. Uh, it, it looks like this horse has a strong closing kick, Mike. A 28-4 final quarter last time off a 155-3 and three mile. That really jumps off the page at me. But another horse that I really like, and you never can count out Tony Hall, I like the two, Mac Dino, in the sixth race. 
Oh, I'm thinking True Mass Volo, number seven at eight to one in the morning line. I mean, look at the competition that this guy's been facing. Dason, that was the first time Lasix three starts back and then finished fourth to Southwind Frank in the Earl Beale final. I thought raced pretty respectable there. Last start post eight with a trailer against Marion Marauder and the dancer never really got involved. This is a decidedly decidedly weaker field than what this horse has saw his last four or five starts. I think True Mass Polo, uh, this one goes off at eight to one. Run, don't walk to the windows, my friend. Hey, hey listen, you know, I, we've been searching for my show bets for the last, you know, couple weeks. I think I finally found it. You know, we'll play True Mass Polo in a, uh, in a show. No, I'm just kidding. Not Anyways. a three-year-old Colt trotting event, my friend. <laughs> you never know, right? The Arden Downs Pace is race number seven at the Meadows, and it features number five, Fear the Dragon. Trainer Brian Brown shipped his horse in off of two wins uh, against Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Company, uh, was second in the All-Stars at Pocono, really seemed to get over the track well, and went 150-3 and three last time out. Fear the Dragon looks like the horse to beat here. He is certainly the horse to beat. A horse that you may want to watch that could surprise here is a horse by the name of Epic Union. This is a horse that uh, has uh, had some problems uh, staying flat, or at least did in the All-Stars in his first career start, but uh, does have some ability. One from post-7 in Stallion Series action was a good second through odds on Delray, uh, two starts back. Last start was a little bit flat in that Pennsylvania Sires thinks, but I think as this horse continues to progress, I think he's sitting on a big effort. Whether it's this start or not, I don't know. But obviously, you would have to let the mutual odds determine your decision there. But uh, I think three uh, could be a price play, maybe under five, Fear the Dragon, who is, uh, I think, the one to beat. Don't tell me again, uh, he's been red hot, too. Uh, He's undefeated. He's won three straight. His last by nine and uh, a half. So you certainly can't discount that as well. Yeah, definitely. Now, the next division is the eighth race. It's the Arden Downs Pace for $18,891, and it features number four, Every Way Out, Mike, who has won three straight against New Jersey Sire Stakes Company, including the $100,000 final last time out off a 27-4 final quarter and a 152-3 mile. Every Way Out definitely looks tough in this field, but I like the six, Normandy Beach, who has been racing in the Pennsylvania circuit and uh, put in a big effort last time out, 27-3 final Final quarter, 152-1 and one was the uh, final time. I think Normandy Beach has a chance to upset a uh, potential short price here in the Arden Downs. In my opinion, and I've been in the Pennsylvania scene for, uh, this is going on my third year, and one of the observations that I have made, especially from a gambling point of view, is that when you're trying to judge class and you're trying to judge competition, when you see TSS, that is Stallion Series. And basically the Stallion Series is one step under the uh, Pennsylvania Sires uh, stakes. So when you see pass, uh, and you can probably tell by the purse amounts, but uh, in my opinion, the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes is a whole lot tougher than uh, Stallion Series, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, and six Normandy Beach uh, was tremendous in Pennsylvania Sire Stakes action in the last two starts. I mean, even that second start back was parked a mile, uh, then got to the pocket, then was shuffled back and still came home in 27. That's a heavy-duty effort. I think Normandy Beach has got a big shot here. Every way out uh, has been doing well in New Jersey Sire Stakes action. I honestly think that uh, you could maybe box a 4-6-6-4 six, six, here and hope it pays a little bit. 
There you go. Well, the ninth and I do mean feature, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Listen, we go for those short price exactos on this show, you know. Uh, listen, okay. the three-year-old Philly Pace, the audio Volo, is race number nine, and it features Newborn Sassy. Newborn Sassy has been racing very well in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, and in the Lynch, uh, didn't really get the best trip in the uh, final. Was parked a mile and finished sixth after winning a. Um, after winning the elimination against I said diamonds and JK Fanny, you also have to the outside, the sixth dismissal, which I'm kind of surprised, Mike, the five to two betting choice off some not so, uh, not so difficult races. Now, granted this horse has put in some big miles has won easily, but I got to think that dismissal might be a little bit of a uh, too short of a price. If you ask me. Considering in what we just talked about, the horse is coming out of Stallion Series action, so this is decidedly a tougher field than what she has seen. Um, if you're looking for a long shot, somebody maybe to try to beat Newborn Sassy, uh, who, by the way, I think 7-2 morning line is pretty good, but number three, Skinny Dipper. Uh, is a horse that has been battling a lot tougher. And uh, she finished fifth but only three lengths out to Pure Country, Darlin' on the Beach. She's a real deal who is out in post seven here in this particular race. No Pure Country, no Darlin' on the Beach. Scott Zeron returns to the bike for trainer Ross Krogan. Even though this horse is only two of 21, I do think three Skinny Dipper has shown some improving hidden form, and uh, she may be worth a little bit of a price shot here, but I do think two newborn sassy is the one to beat seven. She's a real deal uh, is in that mix as well. Now we're going to jump over a couple of the uh, Arden Downs races, Mike. Let's skip to race 12. It's Delvin Miller Adios final for a purse of $400,000, and it features Racing Hill, who was second, just missing to control the moment in the 2016 Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace. Well, it looked really sharp in the elimination uh Last out, 27-2, and two, final quarter of 149 and one mile. But another horse, I think, Mike, that has been improving um, as, as the year has gone is Check 6. Check 6 has looked very sharp as of late, and that 148-4 and four mile in the Meadowlands pace cannot be ignored. This is a horse, Mike, that had to come from impossible spots in the elimination and the final. I thought raced pretty well despite those, uh, you know, excess cover trips and uh, three wide at three-quarter moves. Just had too much ground to make up, closing uh, both uh, of those races in sub-27 and just missing Racing Hill last time. By the way, what a race the Meadowlands pace was. I mean, Racing Hill and control the moment. I honestly thought, I mean, it looked like Control the Moment was home, had the lead at the top of the stretch. Racing Hill was a couple lengths behind. Then Racing Hill started closing in, and it was uh, really a a nail-biting finish where Control the Moment was just able to hold off Racing Hill in what a a thrilling finish it was. But Racing Hill is definitely the one to beat. Check Six has got a big chance. A horse that we talked about with Kevin Decker at the top of the show, American Passport, I think certainly has a chance. This is a horse that uh, has kind of been his own worst enemy. You know, he makes breaks, and uh, he was the favorite in that Manhattan Beach elimination last time in one of two eliminations. Uh, so I do think if American Passport can stay flat, I think this horse has a big shot as well. So it's a, a real competitive race. Racing Hill is definitely the one to beat, but I do think uh, there are contenders, and I don't think uh, this race is just going to be given to Racing Hill, I can tell you that. Definitely. Well, Mike, we're going to skip over to the Meadowlands program on a Saturday, and we're going to start with race number two. And at the top of the program, it, it breaks my heart when I see this. No show wagering. What the heck? Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, no show waiter. Are you kidding me? But I got to tell you, no, I, I'm, listen, for those of you who don't listen to our show on a regular basis, we, we joke around about this show bet thing, uh, you know, and uh, we don't really make show bets here except for Bozich when he plays his one to nine trotters. But no, we that's <laughs> right. totally, totally kidding. But uh, race right. two is the Anthony Abatello classic for a purse of $150,000. And Mike, it's a short field, but uh, Boston Red Rocks draws the rail. And there is a uh, there's a huge I'm, I'm trying to think a wagering aspect that I look at in these type of races. And Ideal Rocky is flashing that here tonight, or well on Saturday night, and he is first time LASIK. That's a big uh, that's a big wagering thing for me. Picks up Corey Callahan for trainer John Butens going, and didn't really race that well in the Meadowlands Pace Elimination. Uh, came back and qualified decently well off 27 and four final quarter, 152 and two mile. It's going to be tough to beat Boston Red Rocks, who draws the rail, but I think Ideal Rocky is going to be close to the pace today. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, it is an easier field that Boston Red Rocks uh, is facing, uh, who uh, is also first time Lasix here, by the way, Mike. But, um, you know, we, I guess we expected a lot more from Boston Red Rocks. After the uh, the performance last year, uh, you know, in, in the Breeders' Crown, and um, he is he is, I mean, he's been right there, but I mean to say, I think it's a little bit disappointing because he hasn't been able to win uh, more often. Um, so to take a horse like this at odds that you're expected to get with a horse that may or may not be in great form, um, you know, is a little bit shaky to me. And I agree with you on Ideal Rocky. John Bootenshane's a great trainer. He does fantastic with young horses. He's coming off that qualifier, a good qualifier with the first-time Lasix here. I think that Ideal Rocky certainly has a chance. Um, you know, I think Don't Call Me Francis has a chance, too. I mean, that was a real good effort last time, uh, two starts back, closing at Yonkers. And, uh, you know, last start just uh, kind of got out finished there in 150-2. and two. Um, you know, so maybe uh, he could turn into something. But, uh, you know, Boston Red Rocks is obviously the one to beat. But uh, I'll take a chance on beating him here with three ideal Rocky. There we go. All right, let's talk about the Reynolds Memorial. And I think, Mike, we are pretty much uh, we're pretty much set here. It's going to be Southwind Frank versus Coupling Canover. And I think Southwind Frank is going to be the single here. Yeah, I mean, the only question like we had, and we already asked Sam about the second tier. You know, starting from post-11, uh, does that make a difference? Probably not. I mean, Southwind Frank is obviously the best horse. He's obviously headed for next week. Um, Cuffling Canover is a clear second contender here. Um, you know, I mean, Southwind Flash from the inside. You just basically have to dink and dunk and hope you can get a long shot underneath if you're going to try to make any value in here, Mike. Yeah, definitely. You can make value with one to nine shots. And Mike, you know my theory about one to nine trotters. So we're going to skip next to the race number six. It's the Hamiltonian Oaks elimination. It's for three-year-old Philly trotters, and it features um, a, a very competitive field. You have Caprice Hill. You've got Woman's Will in here. And Flowers and Songs, uh, Sam McKee alluded to when he was on just a little bit ago, who won the Zweig at uh, Vernon Downs last time out, 28 second final quarter 153 and four mile i think flowers and songs might be the horse to beat here yeah i mean post 10 is going to be very tough obviously but uh, certainly has a big chance you know woman's will is a horse uh, that beat broadway donna three starts back and it, it took a perfect trip for her to do that broadway donna come back to win uh, obviously the next week after meadowlands um but uh, woman's will is a nice horse uh you know uh, julie miller's starting to heat up again uh, and 
with the post advantage. And you may not think that seven versus ten is that big of a post advantage. You better bet it is. And I think if seven women's will can work out a trip, I think she has a big shot to win. But uh, obviously you're going to want to play value here because Flowers and Songs, uh, that was really a nice effort last time. So maybe she can overcome post 10. Pay attention and see where you can get your value here. Race number seven is the second division of the Hamiltonian Oaks and Broadway. Donna is the horse that uh, I think it, everybody thinks is the horse to beat. All the time is another horse that I really like in this field, Mike. And I think I'm going to go with all the time in the Hannah contest. Yeah, well, I certainly wouldn't blame you, but uh, here's a little bit of a, a hint. Keep an eye on what Woman's Will does uh, in that first uh, division. And, I mean, if Woman Will wins or puts together a good outing, I think that lends credence to Broadway Donna. Not that she needs it. I mean, she's a, a, a superstar in her, in her own right and uh, beat all the time last time. It's going to be interesting to see how the trip works out, but I do think se- uh, number eight Broadway Donna brings it here in the Hamiltonian Oaks. And uh, five all the time, like Sam says, I think is a clear uh, second contender. All right. Let's see. You got the dash for the, I'm scrolling through the program. I want to make sure we got all the stakes. I think that's it, Mike. I think we hit all the stake traces. I think so. I think so. Yeah, Absolutely. We got them all. So, so we're good. Listen, we had a great, you know, for those of you who uh, joined us this morning, we really appreciate everybody who took the time out of their mornings to join us. Thank you to Sam McKee, Nancy Johansson, and of course, Kevin Decker for uh, taking time out of their busy mornings as well. But Mike, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly has. And, uh, hey, listen, let me give a a cheap plug to my uh, home racetrack here. Uh, Post time is 1240, okay? That's uh, a couple hours away, so get yourself a Harris Philadelphia program. Post time's right around the corner. Beautiful blue sunny skies. We should be set for action after yesterday's washout. And, uh, listen, it's going to be great. So, it's it's perfect because the show, and then you've got Harris Philly, and then you've got action tomorrow with uh, the Adios and the Meadows card. That's a tremendous card, by the way, going off at noon. And then you've got the Meadowlands card uh, tomorrow night. And you've actually got a good card tonight, as Sam alluded to, too, with some uh, stakes eliminations. And then the big day next Saturday, uh, the Hamiltonian. So we're going to have all that stuff coming up for you on Thursday. We're going to have plenty of great guests. We're going to uh, definitely dive into the Hamiltonian and talk about it. So you're going to want to tune in. By the way, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. And one thing that we did mention last week, Mike, was that uh, we're now on iHeartRadio. Yeah, we're on iHeartRadio, and uh, we're pretty very, 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 very excited about that. Uh, Bet America, uh, who we partner with, is partnering with iHeartRadio, so our show can be listened to there as well. So lots of great places. You can listen to us at Bet America's Barn uh, in the Barn on Bet America. You can listen to us on SRN1. You can listen to us here on Blog Talk Radio on our website at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Mike, the, uh, it, it's infinite. Yeah, it certainly is. So there's more ways to listen to us. Uh, and like I say, for uh, updates, stay tuned to our social media pages for updates on guests or other show information, giveaways. We've got some more giveaways coming up, Mike. We, we've talked about that, uh, that we're going to do uh, maybe for uh, Hamiltonian Day, certainly for our remotes coming up. And stay tuned to social media because uh, we're finalizing our remote schedule. Actually, it's uh, kind of finalized, but uh, I guess we're putting the stamp of approval on it, so to speak. So uh, stay tuned to social media for that. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Well, Mike, uh, I think I'm going to wrap this thing up. Anything else? No, I think uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Don't forget, real quick, speaking of remotes, we've got the remote coming up at the Dan Patch at Hoosier yep. Park. That's coming up. Uh, we're in the final, uh, final planning stages of that, and uh, we're really excited about that. And uh, we'll have more information in the, uh, in the coming days. 
certainly. Next Thursday, 7 o'clock post time. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us, uh, especially on this Friday morning makeup edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. On behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich, and we'll see you again next Thursday with a first post of 7 o'clock, weather permitting. Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.